0: And welcome to this special carol service for Christmas. We just listened to the great song, Longing for Light, Christ Be Our Light. That's the song that's been used for all the Advent liturgies at the beginning of each service through this year in lots of Methodist churches. Focusing on there being room for everyone at the Cradle. We hope you enjoy this service. It's basically lots and lots of carols. What else would you do in a carol service? So sit back and relax and enjoy some of these maybe interesting versions of some of the well-known carols. We've got two readings today, a prophecy and a fulfillment. Here's the prophecy from Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 to 16. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David." Is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. A virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He will be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. For before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. Ahab was dreading the Persian Babylonian invaders and God was saying they would not be the ones who brought an end to Israel. There was a future hope, but we'll come back to that later on. This song picks up the theme of The prophets looking and longing for something that they didn't fully understand, but something that they knew would happen, that Emmanuel, God with us, would come. This is a great version of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel.
1: Close the path to me
0: Pray. Lord, there are so many times when we've been able to pray, O come, O come, Emmanuel. And this is one of those times when we look at what's going on in our world and when we look at everything that's happening and the difficulties people are facing, we recognise our need for a saviour. Just as Ahab and all his people way back in hundreds of years ago recognized the perils that they faced and their need for salvation so we recognize it lord we pray that you will encourage us give us hope in these hard times we pray that you will enable us to be salvation to just some people around us and people around the world through through our gifts, through our prayers, through our presence. Lord, forgive us that we don't do all we should, but bless us in what we are able to do, we pray. And as we think about your first coming into this world, we pray, Lord, towards your next coming, your final coming. And we pray that we will just see... Uh, sparks and shoots of that eventual triumph in our world today in jesus name amen now it wouldn't be a carol service without a nativity and each year i try to find some different version of kids doing nativity stories here's a here's an english one hope you enjoy it
2: There was this girl named Mary. She loved God and she loved to clean stuff up. But one day, an angel appeared. Mary was so surprised. And kind of scared. But the angel said, Don't be scared, you're going to have a baby. And then Mary said, how can I have a baby? I'm not married. But the angel said, it's all right. The baby will be God's son, Jesus. Mary was supposed to marry a guy named Joseph. She said to him, look, I'm going to have a baby. Joseph was pretty surprised too. Because he didn't know how it could be a dad. But he wanted to take good care of the mom and the baby. Right before the baby was going to be born. Joseph and Mary had to go on a long trip to a town called Bethlehem. But it was okay, because Joseph made sure that Mary didn't have to walk by herself. But when they got to Bethlehem, it was so full of people. Nobody had room for them. They tried one place. We can get other place. At the last place, the guy started to say no. Then he said, "Wait, I got a place for you out back." But you gotta be okay with animals. There weren't even any beds. But it was nice and warm. When Mary had Jesus, they wrapped him in cloth and put him in the animal food dish. No one else knew about Jesus yet, but there were some shepherds just outside of town, and some angels showed up. The shepherds were like, "Oh no, what's happening?" But the angel said, "Don't be scared." i have something really really awesome to tell you god's son jesus has been born he's in bethlehem he's all wrapped up in a blanket shepherds were super excited so they got everyone together and ran to find jesus they were really glad when they found the right place they were like is this where jesus is and mary let them come in and they even got and cuddled the baby. Sometime later, some kings were living far away from baby Jesus. But God sent them a special star. The kings followed the special star a long way. A really long way. A really, really long way. The star showed the kings. Right where Mary, and Joseph, and baby Jesus were. They even brought special presents for baby Jesus. Then everybody had a big party. Because they were so glad that God sent baby Jesus. That night was night was was the best night ever. It was the best night ever. It was the best night ever! It was the best night ever.
0: Is our second reading the prophecy fulfilled from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25? Now, the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way when his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace All this took place to fulfil what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Luke, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and she named him Jesus we sing the great carol, Silent Night. Some years ago, uh, an advert challenged different celebrities to describe Christmas in three words. What three words would you use? Here were some of the comments. Eating too much. Morecambe and Wise. There you go. Filling a stocking. The Queen's speech. Ah, It'll be the King's speech this year. Last-minute shopping. Then came the advert's punchline. Christmas in three words, Marks and Spencer. If you take the word Christ out of Christmas, all you're left with are three letters. M-A-S, M and S, you could say. Hmm, something's going on somewhere. But there are three much better words for Christmas found in our reading from Matthew. God with us. We're going to think about this in three different ways. What does this mean? We're going to think about the miracle. We're going to think about the meaning and we're going to think about the message of that statement, Emmanuel, God with us. Think back to our reading from Isaiah, the miracle, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. The prophecy of his birth. Wicked King Ahab was on the throne. The Babylonians, the Persians were invading Israel and carrying huge numbers away into exile. Ahab was refusing to ask God for direction for a sign of what to do. The prophet invited him to and he seemed a bit pompous. He was saying, oh, I wouldn't dare to ask God for a sign. Who am I? But what he really was saying was he didn't want direction from God. So says Isaiah, God will give you a sign. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now as with Many prophecies, there may have been an immediate aspect. The word translated virgin can just mean a young woman. And there may have been an actual child born in Ahab's time who fulfilled this word from God. The essence was that before the child was old enough to eat solid food, God would have intervened. God will have intervened and dealt with these two kings who were invading But it clearly goes well beyond those days, which is why Matthew has picked it up and applied it to Jesus, the Messiah. The message is, whatever happens to Israel in your days, the line of David will never be destroyed. Because one day, a Messiah will be born who will truly be Emmanuel, God with us. We've got the miracle of his birth. Miracle of the prophecy, but then the miracle of the prophecy fulfilled. Matthew only reports what he knows. He doesn't mention Mary's encounter with the angel. That's that's in Luke. There's a lot of things in Luke which fill in the the story around the nativity of Jesus. Matthew's account uh, is is much more simple and straightforward in a way. Although he does talk about the kings later on, he simply tells us that Mary was found to be with child, and an angel told joseph in a dream that the child was conceived by the holy spirit and was the fulfillment of that ancient prophecy so all the emphasis is on joseph really in matthew's story but let's not forget the miracle that took place the virgin birth is a key part of christian doctrine and belief because it kind of brings together the whole concept that Jesus is fully human and fully divine. Through his mother's line, if you like, he's fully human. Through his father's line, the Holy Spirit, God himself, he is fully divine. So the fact of Jesus' birth is a miracle. The prophecy is a miracle. The fact itself is a miracle. But what do these things mean in respect of Emmanuel, God with us. Well, our best clue is found when we move across to John's gospel, where he has this amazing phrase, you know, you might remember in John's gospel, he starts off by talking about the word in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. He's clearly talking about this, this person within the Godhead, who was the creator and sustainer of all things. And then he says, and the word became flesh and lived among us. And we've seen his glory, the glory as of the father's only son, full of grace and truth. So when we think of the significance of this phrase, God with us, this is the obvious place to go to explore the meaning of that. The Word became flesh and lived among us and we have seen his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. It tells us who he was. He was the Word made flesh. The Word that John told us earlier on in that chapter that was the Word through which everything was created, through which everything is sustained. The Word greater than the visible universe, because the whole visible universe was contained within his imagination, within his thought, and then was brought into being by the word of his power. John Wesley has a great phrase in one of his hymns, which we don't really sing much as a, as a carol. Uh, he says this, God contracted to a span Our God contracted to a span, incomprehensibly made man. Not contracted in the sense that he was any less God. He was entirely God for all the time when he was in the flesh. But he was also incomprehensibly made man. He was entirely human. Actual humanity, real humanity, not a simulation, not a replica So he's able to sympathise. The writer of Hebrews says this, because he himself was tested by what he suffered, he is able to help those who are being tested. He was man and God. God in the flesh. The word made flesh. It tells us something about his power. It tells us something about what he was. We have seen his glory, the glory as of the father's only son through Jesus there is a direct connection with the divine through Jesus and through his power and through his glory and his presence we are inseparably linked with God and all the power that God exercised when he raised Jesus from the grave is the power that is now at work in us that's what the connection of God with us means we are connected with the person of God we are connected with the power of God and if you want to complete the Ps we are connected with the practice that Jesus uh, engaged in while he was on earth what he what he said and what he did he was full of grace and truth in the way he worked, in the things he did, in the way he related to people, in the words he spoke. He did the will of the Father all the time. He said, I do always those things that please him. He spoke the words of the Father. He said, I've given them the words that you gave me. And he did the works of the Father. My Father is still working and I also am working. When Jesus was incomprehensibly made man when he was Emmanuel God with us we see his person we see his power and we see his practice the things he did the things he said and they are all there with humanity with us but what's the message to us as individuals of all that I suppose the message very simply is God is with us This is something that is personal now. This is not something that we can look at in the Bible, look back at and say, oh yes, Emmanuel, God with us. God walked with man. God was part of humanity. It goes far, much further beyond that. Because the message is that God is with you. And God is with me. God is with us. We see that, first of all, when we talk about, if you like, our conversion, when we turn to Christ and when we receive the new life of Christ. Paul tells us in Corinthians, we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. The essence of being a Christian is not anything to do with specifically with how we behave or or what we say or what we think these are all things that flow out of the basic fact which is that god makes his dwelling place within us by the holy spirit he dwells in our hearts god is in us and then god is around us and this relates very much to our circumstances Psalm 125 says this, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time on and forevermore. God around us, whatever situation we face, whatever circumstances we're living in, God is around us all the time as the mountains surround Jerusalem. Because in the church, God is among us. Uh, Where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there among them. And as we're listening to this on a video or a podcast, we can virtually be two or three gathered together. We can reach out in our hearts towards those that we know are also participating in worship this day. And we can be part of that heavenly and eternal church. God is for us in our conflicts What are we to say about these things? Paul has talked in Romans about all sorts of stuff. And in the end, he says a simple thing. If God is for us, who is against us? Who can be against us if God is for us? Why would we worry about conflicts, about doubts, about fears? Why would we worry about difficulties? Why would we worry about people around us who are causing us problems? Why would we worry about enemies of the world who make wars if god is for us who could possibly be against us who could possibly stand against god so god is in us god is around us god is among us god is for us and there's a nice phrase in deuteronomy god is beneath us in our crises when things really are hard The eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. God will always hold us. Jesus said when he looked at Jerusalem, how often I've longed to gather you under my wings like a hen does with a chick. God is beneath us. And then Deuteronomy tells us again, God is above us. He's a shield. It's talking specifically about Benjamin, but we can easily apply it to ourselves. Let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him, for he shields him all day long. And the one the Lord loves rests between his shoulders. He's a shield. He's a support. God is with us. He's in us, around us, among us, for us, beneath us, above us. God is with us what's it mean when we say someone is with someone as we close let's just think of the three ways we we use that phrase when we say someone is with us it means they're with us in presence they're there they're attentive they're listening to us they're conversing with us they are with us and god is with us in just that way another way we use the phrase when someone is with us it means they're not against us they're not our enemies they're our support they are with us they are on our side because it's more accurate to say we're on God's side but whichever way you look at it we are striving together God is with us he's not against us God is not your enemy, God is not someone who is picking faults and um, making life difficult for you. God is one who uh, is constantly urging you on to become more what you should be in him. And then if somebody's with us, well, it implies that they're, they're working with us and working for us, that they're shoulder to shoulder in the work that's going on. And whatever it is we put our hand to, we can be confident that God is with us in all that we're called to do. God's been with us in the past. Can you think back to times when that's been particularly true for you? God is with us now in the present. We can just lift our hearts to him, even in this moment. And we can receive the comfort of his presence and the knowledge through the Holy Spirit of his love for us. And God will be with us. Whatever we face in 2023 and belong, beyond, whatever the trials, the perplexities, whatever issues we face, whatever dangers, toils and snares, we know that God will be with us. And that's something that as God said to Benjamin, we can really rest in. He shields us all day long. The one the Lord loves rests beneath his, between his shoulders. May God bring us peace as we recognise that God is with us. Amen.
1: People look east, the time is near. Of the crowning of the year Make your house fair as you are able Trim the hearth and set the table People look east and sing today Love, the guest is on the way And the earth is bare One more seed is planted there Give up your strength The seed to nourish That in time the flower may flourish People who keep and see stars to
0: again Lord we look east we look up we look around we look for your coming and we pray for those as we look east who are suffering in many parts of the world particularly we think of Ukraine we particularly think of those who are uh, without shelter without heat without food Lord, we pray that you will bring an end to war. We pray for peace in these lands, Lord, and the many others around the world where there are conflicts. And we pray, Lord, for those who are facing the warfare of want, of being unable to provide for their families through famines, through droughts, through displacement. We think Lord of those who are so desperate to get to safety that they risked their lives on the seas and those this week who uh, collapsed, uh, capsized and those who died. Lord we pray that we will find the right way to welcome those in need into our country and to enable them to, to settle and to enable them to build new lives. But more than that, Lord, we pray for the countries that they come from where they're forced to flee. We pray that you will bring peace and and bring prosperity into those countries that people may live in their own homes secure. Lord, this Christmas, help us to be aware of the needs of others. Help us to open our hearts, open our homes, and open our wallets. In Jesus' name, Amen. We end with, O little town of Bethlehem, O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Do fulfil your promise that you will be always God with us. May God bless you.